it's best to to uh, if you cannot learn from another family or don't have your own experience from your own family then it's best to not have so many uh, preoccupations about how things should be and how you should be as a, as a mother because many mothers they think they have to be a certain way and they put so much pre pressure on themselves and they are just stressed out because of this and it's this is completely unnecessary it's just you find your own way and you try try to figure things out that work and you just get away with the stuff that you have in your head you may, maybe you can use it if it's useful but if to, if it just puts stress on you and makes you feel you're a bad mother then you just throw it out it's not worth it yeah hello 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 welcome to season two of the heart of the soul podcast i hope you're enjoying this new little jingle I hope that this sound turns out okay. I'll have to see when I'm done recording this. But it has been one year since I have been releasing these Heart of the Soul episodes with the new and full moons. And I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you that choose to sink in and listen along with us and soak in these beautiful stories. Ah, it is April here and springtime in Washington State where I am. And yet we just a couple nights ago had this really unanticipated magical snowfall. It's like it is springtime and yet I was driving home from this women's business meeting and snow was falling. I had a big jacket on, but I had Birkenstocks on walking in and out of a few different stores. And my husband and I just like stood out on the back porch later and watched the snowfall. It felt very poetic. Uh, it felt like Mother Earth giving us this like extra little slumber into the darkness that felt really beautiful. Uh, we are preparing, continuing to prepare to move. We have like 85% of our stuff moved out of our house now, which feels really big. Now we're just waiting for RV so we can move into that. And as we're doing that, my husband and I are, you know, doing repairs and things on our home here. And it should be in the next month that we fully move out, which is exciting and also like sad. I love this little plant space that I'm in right now. I've never recorded in here. Um, I'm working on birthing a new website. So Irving Nova Bath and Body um, has been for a few years now. And the last couple of years I added on my sistership services and had them on the same website. And now I'm separating them so that Irving Nova will be the Bath and Body stuff and birthingnova.love will be my mentorship services for women. So I'm excited about that. I've been working on that today and will continue to plug away at building my website. I've been a do-it-yourselfer this whole entrepreneur uh, journey with a little help here and there from friends. Um, so yeah, it just can take me some time to complete everything. Um, I've been doing some coaching with Emily Saldea, which has been really lovely. I've only just had one session with her, but I've been like sort of waiting to coach with her being like too nervous. I've had other coaches and such, but I'm excited to be stepping into conversation with her. Um, and I would like to try to share with you guys this little song that my friend my dear soul sister Jayma shared with me and I would love to try and share with you. I've been finding it really like grounding and um, just feeling really good to uh, sing this song as I move throughout my day, sometimes in the car, as I'm doing dishes, putting my daughter to sleep at night. Um, before I drink a cup of tea, it just has felt really lovely. So, but I'm uncomfortable singing. So here we go. Oh my, uh, home in my body, I am home in my body, I am home. 
And of course you can like mix it up, like om I am, I am, home in my body, body, home in my body, I am. So yeah, have fun with it. But I love how just these few simple words can feel really good to my whole system. Mm. Um, earth tides. I just learned about earth tides this last month. Did anyone know that the earth also shifts with the tides? You know how the moon's pull, gravitational pull, pulls the oceans of the whole world. That's what creates the high tide and low tide. Well, apparently even the earth itself moves, shifts. I think it was like some in New York, it's like close to 12 inches each day that like it gets pulled, raised and lowered. Um, with the gravitational pull that it feels from the moon. I was just like, oh, in awe of this. <sighs> but anyway, on to today's episode. Here is an episode with Sarah Schmidt that I recorded in March. And I really hope that you'll enjoy it. We go into a lot of fun, different things we talk about. Um, the people that we invite into our birth space, looking at birth and death at the same time. Um, self-directed birthing, education, the way Sarah studied to be a medical doctor, what drew her to do that and why she chooses not to practice as a medical doctor. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful episode. She's currently living in France and she's German. So I hope that you enjoy it. Grand rising, all of you beautiful souls. Today is March 21st, 2022. The first day after the spring equinox here where I live in the Pacific Northwest. This is the Heart of the Soul podcast and I'm your host, Amana. This is a place where we remember what it means to be wild, living animals upon this earth. Here I share raw, heartfelt stories of birth, life, and death where we connect about that which unites us while honoring our distinct expressions of living. I believe that women are magnificent, wise, and ultra-connected beings. I am going to light this little candle that I made now as a symbol of our connectedness that we all stand upon this earth with a flaming fire at its core as we revolve around a flaming ball of fire we call the sun. We are all warmed by this sun at our crowns, the sun that lights our days, grows our food, grows us all. I'm currently on call to be a virtual support to a mother who will be free birthing in Montana any day now. So I will have my ringer on my phone so you might hear some messages come through. And that's why today I have Sarah Schmid with me. She's a woman, a writer. She trained to be a doctor in the medical system. She has an incredible YouTube channel where I have been watching her videos for years. She shares her own stories with personal insights, several of her birth videos, and so much more. I love her laundry talk segments where she speaks about important things while folding laundry. Um, yeah, so Sarah, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me, Amana. Um, I would love to have you also take a moment, introduce yourself in the way that feels good to you. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of nine kids now. Our youngest was born in January. And yeah, my first baby was a home birth because I was... I, 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 was working in the medical medical system at that time and training to become a medical medical doctor and um i saw how they did birth in the hospital and i i i, I it was nothing i could imagine for me so i could imagine giving birth <laughs> it did this didn't seem to be a problem but not under these conditions they put it they no <laughs> just if absolutely necessary. So we hired a midwife and I had a home birth with my first and I free birthed all the others later because uh, yeah, the, I, I, I learned a lot about birth with my first birth. I think everybody does. Um, and I learned that it has a big influence who is in the room when you give birth. I didn't, I didn't, before I didn't realize it was such a sensitive 
thing that because otherwise I get along with people I don't I don't mind if they are a little strange or if I don't like them I'll get over it and but in the situation of birth it's different and um, that's why I choose to be just me and I have I, I need to be the boss of my birth so to that I, I keep the strength to give birth if I, I'm the boss if, if that if there's somebody else um, that wants to tell me what to do then it feels like it sucks away my strength I need to be the one that determines what's going on what I do and what I don't do so that's why I free birth the others yeah and I'm also homeschooling and uh doing Western Price, if somebody knows what that is. Um, yeah. Yes, and can you tell everyone where you live in the world right now? Ah, yes, of course. Yes, I'm. we are in France right now. I'm German, actually. We are from Germany. But the situation in Germany for families is not so nice, especially you are not allowed to homeschool. You get um, in conflict with, uh, the, with the laws and everything. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I heard that some laws recently changed in France. Will that affect your ability to um, homeschool your children or not? Um, we have we have a school. We have uh, we are we are connected to a school, and that's why it won't change for us. But it, yes, it will change for those who uh, do the homeschooling with the public authorities. But we do it in a. You know, Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. 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 I'm just, yeah. So for my son, I have a son who's five and he has not been to school and we're planning to do self-directed learning with him as well. I loved that when I received your book and I saw you, you know, the self-directed, I was like, oh, I love this term. It's so wonderful. Um, yeah. And I'm, we're still in the process of like looking into what we have to do to abide by the laws or whatnot as he grows older. Oh, yes, I love to do everything self-directed. That's <laughs> that's a good word for what I do. Yes, yes. And I know I also, I do elimination communication with my children as well. And so I loved watching some of those videos of yours. I like to call it intuitive toileting. That like feels more, for me, the language that I like to use. Mm -hmm. Um, when were you first exposed to that aspect of your mothering and care? It was when our oldest was six months old. From the beginning, I was I was like, there must be another way than just using your your pants as a toilet. But I didn't know anything. My mother, when when I grew up, she still used cloth diapers, and but I found this not very practical. You have to wash it, wash it. And it was easier for me as a first time mom to just use the disposal diapers. And, but then when she, when, when she was about six months old, I stumbled across um, elimination communication on the internet. And it was a little late because at, the, at six months, it's usually uh, they start um, crawling, uh, rolling around. And the, the, best, the best time is in the beginning, the first three months then it works the best. It, you, you catch almost every pee. Even now, our youngest, she's two months old now. And it's so easy to, and, and to, to uh, catch almost everything. And so I use cloth diapers and it's really easy because I don't have to wash much. The, the poo is always in the potty and the pee most of the time. And even though I have eight other kids, I managed to catch her whatever comes out so but it gets more difficult when they grow older so if you have a um, some some good experience and uh, success rate it was high then it's more you're um, you're more motivated to keep on doing it Yes, yes. I hear that from people too oftentimes that, yeah, as kids start moving, they start having challenges with it. But yeah, like you're saying, if it's more established in the beginning, like I never had that with my two children. My daughter's almost two now and she'll walk herself over to the little potty and sit down. She's been out of diapers for, I don't know, at least six months or more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it in the beginning and then it gets more bumpy, but when they are, when they know how to use the potty, which can be quite early, as soon as they, as they walk stable, stable, 
as then not not just a few steps but if they can walk yeah good in a good stable way and then they can sit on the potty and yeah, then then it's not far to that they that they do it on their own yes absolutely yeah my husband actually was the one to catch my daughter's first meconium poop like a couple hours after she was born this time which was really fun I was sort of like, I don't know if that's what she wants right now. She was just a few hours old, but he held her over the big toilet. And sure enough, like all the meconium went straight into the toilet. I was like, way to go, dad. Yeah, it seems they, they know what to do. Our first, our, our last, our last baby now, I held her over the potty for the first pee. And she peed. She did the meconium right after birth. So she came out and the pee was like... <laughs> All over. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you never know how that will unfold there um i do you happen to have your book with you there no um right over there I wonder if you might read your on page 10. It says in the beginning and you speak of birth and death. Those first couple of paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Would you be open to yeah. reading them out? Yeah, how 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 far should I read? Uh the first two paragraphs until like this little swirl happens maybe. Oh yes. Yes. In the beginning, our, our life on this earth starts with birth and ends with death. We are all born and we all die at some point. There's nothing which touches us more in our being than birth and death, the beginning and end of our life. To take away some of the threats of mortality, humankind has introduced rituals, traditions and taboos. Standard, standard procedures that reassure us when there's nothing else to reassure. This book is about birthing and about the time in which a woman is with child, about the time in which we would like to drift in the sea of life in the, expect in, in the expectation of new horizons, if it weren't for all the health warnings and advice from well-meaning people on the shore. Mm. I just, I love that you wrote this. I love um that you also speak of birth and death within the same sentence i find often like in the birth world people don't want to hear the word death and so i love that you just put it right out here in the beginning yeah yeah i think i think this is an important an important aspect of birth because this is where the fear comes from fear of death when it comes to birth the medical establishment is very afraid of death because it can happen at birth so we have to challenge our fear of death if we want to approach birth without fear and that's why i think it's important to look at both at birth and death at the same time if you want really if you really want to um um approach birth in the fullness that it is yes and for you like how did that um in your journey like how did you um face death or process that that possibility in your own experiences yeah when i prepared for free birth i also there's always the possibility of death and if i don't face it then the fear will be there and i want to approach my birth fearless and enjoy it and that's why i have to think about the possibility possibility of birth, of death what happens if the baby dies what happens if i die what can i do to prevent it so i have to ask these questions um maybe i don't fully answer them but i have to face it because when i don't face those serious questions then they they will they will um continue to linger and of course uh fear and discord yeah yeah i felt for me it's i i had to acknowledge that death was a possibility and that yes there are all these things i could do to prepare and maybe you know change that it might happen but also know that 
even if I do everything right, it doesn't mean that death might not still happen. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah, a part. In the end, in the end I, don't, I don't, I cannot control everything. I think this is also an aspect of it that I, 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 the, the modern society has this illusion that they can control everything, especially in birth. They, they think they can control everything and I'm aware I can't. And, and that, that gives me kind of freedom to follow the flow without kn knowing every detail of, this, of the way that's gonna happen. I just flow with it and I don't have to control it. You can't control the river and you can't control birth. And if you don't, then there's so, so much freedom and so much beauty in there that you can't discover this without letting go, without um, flowing. Yes, yes, I love that you bring that up because, yeah, I think a lot of, um, yeah, the medical system, like, wants to take control um, and we often, like, as women can give them control in the medical system and think that they have control over the situation, but in reality, it's like, like you said, an illusion that they even have control. You know, here where I live, you know, over 98% of babies are you know, birthed in the hospital. And so that, and that's also where they die. Like they're not dying outside of the hospital. They're dying within the hospital. Um, so people often think I'm going to the hospital and that means my baby won't die or I won't die, but that's not actually the truth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, have you had any deaths, you know, that you have experienced in your family or friend circle that brought that a more deeper awareness for you um not really just in 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 recent um years when i uh, um how do you say that if i'm supporting a woman that's pregnant then it it uh it can happen that she has the miscarriage or that the baby dies at birth but i haven't been there when it happened personally just mm -hmm. there was a doula that contacted me or a, a woman who free birthed and her baby got was was a surprise breach and they didn't know how to handle it and so i um have experienced experienced this in, in in later years but not at the beginning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, just with animals so i had a i had um a, fav a favorite rabbit and when she gave birth to her first babies she died because i don't know her pelvis must have been too small the baby was just stuck so we we had we had rabbits and we also ate them and so i was always interested in how these things work as, as, that's why also i i, I studied the medicine um and I took the, the rabbit apart and we could see that the, the first baby was stuck with a head in the, in the pelvis. So this oh. was really interesting to, to see. Wow. So I knew, I knew things can go wrong, <laughs> even in animals. Yeah, of course, the wild animals, I think they are better off because they, uh, they can feed themselves and they, they grow better than if you have, if you have do domesticated animals and they are, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, some of the things that have drawn me to you and um, soaking in your book and your content on YouTube is the ways that you move through life, like in um, like doing things outside of the box of norm, which I find myself as well with things like free birthing at home. I am, you know, self-directing, self-directed learning with my son, choosing against like the normal vaccine protocols. And um, I wonder if you might share like your philosophy around why diversity is like discouraged in society and why you think it's important for us to encourage and hold space for diversity and how you are able to be this diverse person amongst a society that is more closed minded than you are. I think it starts early when, when you train a child, you can train it to, and that's what society does to do things a special way, to think a special way, and there are boundaries right and left, and you're not allowed to think outside of it. And it's like, in the end, they, they just follow this thinking pattern and they don't know how to think in, in, any, in, in, in any other way. And I was also, I was raised quite 
liberal no i i was i i, I didn't go to kindergarten i just I, I started school when i was seven but before i was at home and we played in our big garden and there was a lot of time to uh, to just be and to to learn by myself and to, to observe nature and to do all these things that modern kids can't do because they are scheduled mm -hmm. they have a a, a a busy schedule and they do this and that and they are entertained all the time and if you are not entertained all the time as a kid you you develop in another way. You become creative because you have to deal with um, things that just time is boring, and you have to you have to entertain yourself and to come up with ideas. You're not just managed. And I think this made me a free thinker because I had to think myself, and I thought about many things. And from the beginning, I, I was an observer. I was, would observe everything. I was would would. Um, find out about all the animals uh, all the, the 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 birds that were living in our garden i had this book with with birds and i had my binoculars and i would find out every bird that was there and which one was it in the book and so i th i think growing up in a different way is an is is makes it much easier to become um a diverse person uh, compared to when you are scheduled and yeah in this box yeah but i also i also had to free my mind of many patterns that i had learned in school because i had to go to school i, I thought school was extremely boring and a waste of 12 years of my life but i tried to make the, make the best out of it and um yeah i was bored a lot in school so i i wrote stories and painted and i did all everything you can do with a paper and a pen which is difficult <laughs> you can't do much with a paper and a pen but i did everything you can <laughs> yeah and, and, and later um i would um when i when i when i when i studied medicine um i was just curious to find out how is this medical system working and because I had some experiences with the medical system that were strange. I was told the medical system is good for you and they do best of all, everything that's good for your health and you can trust them. And, and but when what I experienced was that it's, it's quite uh, without love and it, they don't care about you. They just do their protocols, and if you don't fit in, then uh, you get punished or you you just stay sick. So that's why I studied it because I wanted to understand how it's working and um, what's wrong with it. And also, um, yeah, it didn't help me often. So they they had their 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 lists. What do you do? What do you do to avoid tooth decay? Okay, you brush your teeth, you go to the dentist, and you prefer not to eat sugar. I did all that, and still I had cavities. So then there had to be something wrong in the picture. So I researched and I looked for answers, and I found answers in the Western Price um, diet. And I learned I can stop tooth decay. And I experienced it myself because I did. I had this X-ray with the cavities, and I did another one nine months later, and the cavities had not grown or anything. And now, ten years later, I have not gotten any new cavities since. And before, I had cavities every year. Oh wow! So I I figured there is a way to health, and if something is good for your teeth, it can't be bad for the rest. And that's how how I started on the health alternative health journey. And yeah, and it's, it's good for fertility and it's good for everything. If you if you find find out what how to keep yourself healthy in one place, it will be it will af affect the rest in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about the West? Is it Western Price? Is that what you call it? the Western yeah. Price? Western Price was yeah. the dentist. Yes, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard about him. Mm -mm. Yeah, um. He was a dentist and uh, living in the 30s, 1930 uh, something. Uh -huh. And 
he traveled the world to find out what was wrong with with modern society and what and their health because he he was see, seeing health dec decline in his patients and he didn't know how to help them and his own son died after he did a dental procedure on him so there, there was a strong mm -hmm. motivation to find out what was wrong and he traveled almost the whole world and he studied um native people and took pictures of their teeth and analyzed what they were eating and compared it to the modern diet or to the diet of the modern the, the white population that was in this, these countries mm -hmm. and he found uh, and he also studied the native um, population that had adopted a western diet and he could see that the first generation <clears throat> after the parents had adopted the modern um, diet they had a, a big decline in health the teeth started to come in crowded. They, before they were almost immune to, to, to a tooth decay, they started to, the teeth started to just decay away. So there was a big, a big shift when the parents adopted the modern diet. And he found that uh, traditional diets, they had a 10, 10 times a higher amount of fats, fat soluble, soluble, I can't speak this <laughs> Soluble, yeah. <laughs> and uh also i think about 10 times higher in minerals so overall at that time they didn't know all the vitamins that we know now but mm -hmm. he found out enough to uh, to invent a diet for his patients to stop uh, tooth decay so this is a very interesting i don't know this is what this is the book that he wrote and ah. and physical degeneration and it brought answers to to me um, how how we how can we be healthy? How was it meant from nature to be healthy without uh, medicine and doctors and um, pharmacy and everything? And uh, yeah, yeah, lovely. It's so good to yeah have more awareness about these different possibilities and ways of moving through life and choosing different foods as medicine. And and um, yeah, I'll, my motivation was also to become independent from the medical system because I found the medical system to be evil in its core. There are many many nice people that are working there, but the core seems to be that it seems to be something. This is anti anti human. Yes, I, I mean I agree. I actually I grew up very like in a family where the medical system was revered, and you go to the doctor. And I actually became a registered nurse and practiced in a hospital for several years. And I just found that yeah, even though, um, like they had these charts saying that like the patient comes first, the patient's at the top. But when in the practices and how they treated patients, it was so obvious that patients were not coming first, that it was money and making money coming first. Like, yes, there are beautiful, amazing people within the medical system who I think get in it wanting to do good, but the system at its core is, yeah, like you said, evil, like not. Yeah, yeah, not, it's about money. To cover his 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 or her butt to not be sued, and this is a big thing in in especially in the in the in the birth field. Yes. It's not about the best for the woman, but about that everybody covers his or her butt so that they won't get sued, and that's why they do a lot of uh, completely unnecessary interventions and restrict women from free choice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They disempower them. Like as soon as they enter the hospital, stripping them of their clothing, putting a tag on their wrist. It just, yeah. The IV in and yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not the way that I wanted to give birth. And uh, it was easy for me to decide I, I stay at home as, as long as I don't need medical intervention. Yes. Yes. I love how you describe your so your second birth that you chose, you found an outdoor spot. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was in Sweden. We lived in Sweden at the time, and the the forest was just behind the house. And his first he was due in July, so it was warm outside. Yes. And that you also spoke of like having some constipation and real. I think that was with your first child and realizing that walks in the forest like. Yeah healed that it was just that's all you needed you didn't need a pill or something like that you just needed to walk out in the forest 
Yeah. 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 Um, on page 39, you have this little paragraph that starts, Dear Mother, and maybe I'll just read it here, but I just love it and actually have read it to a, a few of the women in my life right now that are preparing to birth. Um, you say, Dear Mother, you are beautiful with your belly and your soft curves. What is happening inside you is as ordinary as it could possibly be, but yet it is miraculous. You are growing life and will birth a tiny new human. Enjoy it. You are carrying a miracle and are miraculous yourself. I just think that is so beautiful and so true. It holds the the both sides of like pregnancy and birth being this like ordinary experience. Like sometimes people relate it to like pooping. Like it's just as ordinary and natural as like pooping. No one tells you how to poop and you do it and birth is the same. And yet it's also this miraculous, amazing event to have this new, to bring this new tiny life into the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like the, many things in nature are miraculous and still ordained. Like now in spring, everything is suddenly blooming and the trees that were, were gray, they become green. And it's so ordinary, but it's still, it's still a miracle every time, every spring. And th this is the same with birth. Yes, yes. Um, for women who have maybe never heard of free birth although we've been talking about it this conversation but like what um i like in the end of your book when you have stories you say when i hear the word free birth the following thoughts pop into my head i wonder if maybe you could um share what pops into your head and maybe tell the viewers a little bit about what free birth means to you free birth means that you're free free to do to birth the way you are and you feel is best for you that's what what is free birth for me. I, I try to think of something else. Yeah, without without any restrictions um, from other people that tell you what to do and not to do, but that you do it in your rhythm, in your way, in the place you want to be, with the help that you need and the help you don't want, you you don't get. <laughs> Because often uh, nowadays uh, you get help that you don't want. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have one birth story, maybe your most recent one, I don't know, that um, sticks out in your mind that you might like to share today? Ah, the recent one. It's, it's not in the book because the book is quite a few years ago and I'm, I'm work, working on an update, but it's not, I, I don't have so much time. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, my, my birth of, of number nine, I can, I can tell you about birth number nine because it's fresh. Yes, yeah, wonderful. Um, she, she was- And yeah, start with, you can start wherever it begins for you, maybe even yeah, like yeah. with her pregnancy or yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll start with what's important for the birth later. Mm -hmm. um, the whole pregnancy was different than the others because the placenta was anterior and I tried to feel the baby and it felt different than the babies before because it was laying in a posterior position a long time. And, and I first I thought it's twins again because I had twins with number seven and eight and it almost felt like twins because it was in such a strange position. And until the end, it was not engaged uh, into the pelvis, unlike the others. And my, usually I, I pass my due date. My babies don't come earlier, they come later. So my latest until that point was um, 30, 13 days past my due date. And um, this time I would also go, I was 14 days past my due date. And the baby was not in the pelvis. And I was like, it should happen soon. <laughs> you now I was a little, oh, oh. Uh, but on the on the evening when the birth started, I suddenly felt, oh, the baby must be in the pelvis. It feels different. I know how it feels when the baby is low, and it it I feel it when I walk. When I walk, it feels like I'm, I'm I don't know, like a sh I, I like a loaded ship when it, I'm deep in the water. It's like 
I, I don't know, you feel deeper somehow. Yes. And so I knew, oh, okay, the baby's in the pelvis. And and, and at the same time, the first contract, contraction started. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I put down one of my twins to sleep. It was at night in the evening, about 10 or so. And when I was laying in bed, contract, contract, contraction stopped and it, she, she seemed to slip, slip out of the pelvis again. I was like, shoot. But when I got up, just about 10 minutes later, it sunk down to the pelvis again and contraction started again. So I was like, ah, this is interesting because the nights before I on, only had contractions when I la would lay down and this was the opposite. So I just did my, my kitchen and everything I have to do in the evening and contractions became more and stronger and I was like, this is going to be it. I think so. So, um, I put the kids to bed and only our second son, he's 11. He stayed up with me and he helped me set up everything. He was so, so sweet. He, he um, made fire in the, in the, in the fireplace and uh, put up the candles. And yeah, he was, he was so sweet. And I, he was, he was like asking me questions. Do you want it this way or that way? And I was already in, in birthing La La Land. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, you did it very nice. And uh, I called my my photo photographer team. There were two of two two ladies who uh, who uh, who came to take photos and to film. And then I was was just sitting on my birth ball birthing ball and um, breathing through my contractions. And my son was on the sofa reading his Mickey Mouse comic. And um, yeah, that's how most of the First stage went by and I was like, oh, I hope they make it in time because both of my my ladies, they um they they it took them two hours, um, one hour drive, and then they still they all they both have kids and they had to uh, prepare everything to get away from home. So I was like, oh, I hope they make it in time because many, many of my babies they just came quite fast. But uh they made it in time and then it was time, yeah, I think about half an hour later, it was already time to push when they came. So it was really uh, close together. And yeah, they set up everything. And my husband was, was there. He came in later. And mm -hmm. yeah, when, then it was time to push. And it was different this time also, because I had some, what you call, sticky shoulder. The shoulder would not rotate as mm -hmm. smoothly as the other ones. Mm -hmm. So usually I give birth standing and this time I, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> but I, I, I tried to push as a baby just got out and to here and then it stopped. And this is the, it, it really feels awful when it's stretching all the time <laughs> for a long time. So I was pushing and then I remembered, okay, when the shoulder is not coming out well, then you change position. So I went on all fours and the baby slid out. So it was quite easy in the end, but it was different. It was uh, not, not like I was used to, to it. <laughs> and yeah, she was fine. She, I, I welcomed her. The short was quite cold. I was uh, kneeling above above her and I could not take her to my breast because the short was so cord, uh, so short. And uh, my son, my second son who was there all the time, he cut the cord later because I, first I wanted to birth the placenta before cutting the cord because I think this is, this is better, but I could not move anywhere and it felt like I have to move. And so we cut the cord, it was not pulsing anymore. And I gave birth to the placenta standing. I, 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 I have found out that the way you birth the baby, it's also the easiest way to birth the placenta. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and we put her on the scale and she was uh, larger than all my other babies. I had not expected a, a large baby, but that's probably also the reason why the shoulder was sticky. Yeah, and then after all the welcoming part, uh, my photographer team, they went home and I just, I stayed on the sofa and nursed my baby and everything was quiet in the house and sleeping. And and then I took my baby and we went to bed and yeah, next morning, everybody was 
excited and creating the baby and yeah yes and she is two months now two months now yes yes and how have these first two months been for you and her and the whole family yeah it's always um you have to adapt to a new situation um, especially the kids and the smaller kids, but the twins did really well. I think it, they are already already uh, used to share me with somebody else, so it was not such a drama like with with the others that were just one and then where where then was coming a, a small sibling. So they they did really fine. So there was no so not so much drama. But uh, as long as the nights are in, in the first month, she would not sleep. You didn't know when she would sleep. So often in the evening, she would be awake for until two in the night or something like that. So I I couldn't plan my sleeping as I am used to. But as soon as the nights were good, um, normal routine could pick up again. And yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything you feel like other women should know about... Um birth or mothering that you haven't already spoken of yeah i think it's um no i started another way when we uh, were still living more traditionally we would learn from our parents and our grandparents how to do things and we would often also experience things firsthand the mother would have more babies and we would experience how it would be to have a baby and how to how to do all these stuff that you do with a baby and with with kids raising raising kids also and nowadays we all have books and we we read books and we think we know how to do it but it doesn't work you can't take a book and think you know you know it all it's it's not it's not that easy and that's what i did in the beginning and it can be really very confusing because one book says another th thing than the other book but it, but then in reality it's still different. So it's best to to uh, if you cannot learn from another family or don't have your own experience from your own family, then it's best to not have so many preoccupations uh, about how things should be and how you should be as a mother. Because many mothers they think they have to be a certain way and they put so much pre pressure on themselves and they are just stressed out because of this and it's this is completely unnecessary it's just you find your own way and you try try to figure out things out that work and you just get away with the stuff that you have in your head you may, maybe you can use it if it's useful but if if it just puts stress on you and makes you feel you're a bad mother then you just throw it out it's not worth it yeah Yes, I love that you also use the term self-directed when speaking about mothering, like finding your self-directed mothering, because I find this so true. I feel like uh, it's um, so many of us, I myself included, compare myself to what other mothers are doing rather than turning in and being like, no, but what like feels good to me? How is my particular child reacting to this? Because also each child is different and how we mother them shifts and changes and so I love that you incorporated that into mothering yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You can't copy. You can't copy somebody else because he has different children than you, and he's a different person. And especially, also, there are mothers who have only girls, and it's a whole different story if you have only boys or if you have a lot of boys. I had a mother; she has only girls, and her youngest now he's two or so. He was he's a boy. But she could not understand how violent it was with my kids and how they were with each other. And she was like, oh, all the time. And I was like, hello, boys. But she, she had no experience. She had only nice girls. And of course, this is a completely different story. And also, if you have kids that are maybe ADHD and uh, something on the spectrum, which is existing, and which is not only, it's, it's another topic, but it's not only vaccine related with which I thought because my first two, they are on the spectrum. And at first I thought I would never experience this because I do everything right. I don't, I, we don't use vaccines, so we should not be affected, but we are because of other factors like um, 
the, the gut flora, the, the microbiome is an important is issue in this uh, whole story, which I didn't know at the time, which I knew later and my later kids, they are fine. They are not, not especially different. <laughs> But I didn't know in the beginning. And those kids, they are also another story. I can tell you. <laughs> so you cannot judge anybody who how he is, is doing with his kids. And, and because everybody has its, has, its, has its own way of doing things, his own story, his own. So it's just you have to adapt to the situation. Absolutely. Well, as we come to a close, I wonder if you would please share with people um, how they can access your bodies of work, where to find you on YouTube, your website, your books, things like that. Yeah, I'm I'm almost everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I, I have a YouTube channel. If you just uh, type my name, then you should find the YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Telegram and they can contact me on whichever way they want. Just on Instagram, I only check my messages uh, only uh, every two weeks because I, <laughs> I get so many messages. I, I have to, yeah, prior, yes. prior, prioritize. Yeah, yeah, I'll absolutely include links um, in the show notes so that people can get directly there easily. Um, and do you also do any like mentoring one-on-one -on -one with women right now or? Yeah. Yeah. I also have groups. I do mentoring, whatever they want to know or do. And I have groups to several topics. Most of them are in German, but I also have English speaking groups. I have one English speaking group on Telegram and one on Facebook. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I close? I think I said everything. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so grateful to have gotten to spend this time with you today. And um, for any of you that would like to learn uh, more about the ways that I mentor and support women during the times of pregnancy, birth and mothering, you're welcome to book a free clarity call with me or check out my offerings on earthingnova.love. Uh, please remember that you are magnificent and unique. There is truly no one else just like you. Be brave, be bold, be love, be you.